Oh, I am blessed today to introduce to you our speaker. Um, it's, her name is Ariana Abraham, and she's one of our awesome Pathfinders, and she's going to introduce herself here in just a moment, but I just wanted to tell you how proud I am of Ariana's hard work to prepare today's message, and I believe God gave it to her heart so that she can share it with you today. And so um, before you preach, I want to pray for you, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for using anyone, young and old, it doesn't matter, to preach a word to your people. And so God, today as Ariana speaks, um, allow her to have clarity of thought, allow her message, the one you've given her, to penetrate our hearts so that we can hear your voice speaking to us. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Okay. Good morning, church family. So a lot more of you guys in first service. It's scarier. Okay. I'm Ariana Abraham, and I'm a freshman over at Champion, and I've been coming to Forest Lake Church for around six years now, and I'm a member of Forest Lake Pathfinders, just like Pastor Matt mentioned, and well, I get the blessing of getting to share the sermon with you guys today, so I thought we could start out with a quick word of prayer. Please bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Lord Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessing to be able to stand here together and worship you. Thank you for just blessing us, and please be with any of those who are sick and help heal them. Thank you for sending your son to die for our sins. In your heavenly name, amen. So I thought we could start out with a little activity because those are fun. So imagine this, or close your eyes first, actually. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. Close your eyes, please, and imagine this. You're trapped in a dungeon, and it's pitch black. You don't know the time or the day. You haven't seen another human in a long time. Suddenly, you hear the footsteps down the hall. Release me, you shout. They walk up and they say to you, okay, we'll release you. All you have to do is just deny God. You think about their offer. You love God, but on the other hand, you love and you miss your family. Open up your eyes. I want you to think about your reaction, and I want you to think about your response. How is it the same or different from the people we're about to read about? If you have a Bible, I encourage you to open it to Daniel 3. If not, there's a blue book in front of you, that's a Bible, and you can open it to page 627. While you're getting there, I thought I'd catch you up on what's been going on in Babylon recently. So King Nebuchadnezzar has just had a dream, and in this dream, he's seen a statue. Now each part of the statue is made out of a different material. King Nebuchadnezzar notices a rock fall from the sky and smash this big statue. He wakes up, and he doesn't understand what this dream meant. So he goes to Daniel, and he asks Daniel what his dream meant. And Daniel explains to him that each different material represents a different country. And the head, or gold, represented Babylon. And then he told King Nebuchadnezzar how Babylon wouldn't last forever. It would eventually fall. And that's what the rock was symbolizing. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't like that very much. You see, he wanted Babylon to last forever. So, 
He built a 90-foot tall statue that's nine feet wide out of pure solid gold. And that's where we're at right now. Let's look at what happens when three men decide to stand up to their faith against the king. Daniel 3, 13 through 15 tells us, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, nor worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, very good. But if you do not, you will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Then what God can save you from my hand? That last verse, Nebuchadnezzar has just challenged any God that has ever existed and any God that will exist. And that means any God all over the world, not just in Babylon. He's saying that none of those gods can save these three men. Well, it's the end for a show. Our story continues as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego continue to stand up for their faith, even while being led to their death. 16 through 18 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Amen. What faith? He just looked at one of the most powerful kings with one of the most powerful armies, and he just said to him, we're not gonna worship you. We're not gonna worship your gods. We're definitely not gonna worship your statue. A while ago, I went through a situation that tested my faith. It wasn't a life or death situation, but it kind of stumped me, you know? So my math teacher approached me and she said to the class, you know, she said, you have three days to study for this big math test. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, after class, I talked to my friend and I said, wow, you know, I'm kind of stressed out about this. I only have a day and a half to study. And she overheard me, she said, no, 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 you have three days. Well, I explained to her that I'm Seventh-day Adventist. From Friday at sunset to Saturday on sunset, I don't do anything that's stressful or is work because I focus on my relationship with God. So she looked at me and she jokingly said, well, why don't you study anyways and just pray for forgiveness? Well, sundown comes and I think about it. But in the end, I decided to stick with my faith and not study for that test, those on Sabbath. What would you have done? Our story continues with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they keep standing up for their faith. This makes King Nebuchadnezzar's anger heat up. 19 through 23 says, then Nebuchadnezzar was furious again 
With Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these three men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. In these past few verses, we've learned a lot about King Nebuchadnezzar. First off, he has anger issues. He's been furious with these three men twice now. And he obviously doesn't like to be disobeyed. Well, this just gives us a little insight on his personality. This reminds me of a camping trip I took once. You see, in Pathfinders, whenever you go into high school, you enter this cool little area called Varsity. And it's basically where you get more privileges and you become cooler, you know? And they have this, this really cool trip that happens, you know? And it's called the Survival Campout. It's where a bunch of us teenagers, we hike into the woods with just the stuff on our back, like, you know, in the backpack, and we have to survive on that. Um, well, one of the main requirements of the survival camp out is that you must cook and eat something from the wilderness. So we broke out into two teams. We had the boys and we had the girls. And us girls decided, Cactus, that's gonna be a good thing to cook. So, we got some cactus, and um, start, you know, we're shaving off the needles, you know. I look over at my friend Callie, I'm like, you think we got them all? She's like, yeah, we got them all, you know. So, we get the cactus, we look at it. Oh, cooking is gonna take too long, let's just eat it raw. So, we put a little bit of salt and pepper on it, and we eat it and it still has the needles on it. A lot of needles on it. It goes all, the needles all in her mouth, you know? Um, in fact, our, oh, yeah, there it is. It's really good. Put some Parmesan cheese on it, you know? Yeah. Well, we tried it, and our counselor, um, Cami, she actually, she backed out of it. She didn't eat it, that was really smart of her. but. So, the story gets worse as it continues. As we were shaving off the needles, I did it onto a log, and I proceeded to sit on the log. If anyone's ever sat on a cactus, you, you know what I was going through right then. And it still gets worse. Well, um, I, I went to a friend, and they, they've recommended to me that we should try to put my pants next to the fire and the fire would burn the needles out of my pants. <laughs> you can imagine how well that went. Well, we hadn't slept in a while, so I decided it was a great idea. So I went and I borrowed some friends' pants and I put my pants next to the fire. A little too close. 
And I walked away, and a few minutes later, I realized part of my pants were cooking. So I went and got them off of the fire. And the fire had done some damage at the bottom of my pants, but came off in the wash, so my pants are okay. But it was a really small campfire. And after just a few minutes, it was already beginning to burn my pants. Let's take a look at what happens to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and their clothes. Daniel 3, 24 through 27 says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement, and he asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. The satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. These three men had just been thrown into a fire that was seven times hotter than the average fire. But yet, they came back perfectly unharmed. They didn't even smell a smoke. It's pretty impressive. But what's even more impressive is this next verse, verse 28. And it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and rescued his servants. This man who just a short while ago, was having all of Babylon bow down and worship a 90-foot statue of himself, is now face first on the ground worshiping God. You see, that's what happens when we stand up for our faith. People's lives are changed. I want to close on one more story. In this story, there's an Australian missionary couple. This is their family photo. We have the mother in green, her name is Gladys, and her husband, Graham. There is their daughter, Esther. Their son, Philip, in red, is 10 years old, and their son, Timothy, is in blue, six years old. But one day, Graham decided to take his boys out for a quick missionary trip to go preach to some of the locals. So, Graham, a few other missionaries, and his two boys loaded into their green Jeep. Here's a photo of it. There it is. And as they loaded their Jeep, they packed all the necessities, and they drove down the mountain into the jungle. They preached, and they helped some of the sick, and eventually it was time to go to bed. So they gathered into the Jeep and got ready for bed until they heard the noise of what appeared to be footsteps coming into the jungle. And that's when 40 men of a extremist group 
began to block the Jeep doors. And they blocked Graham and his two sons inside the Jeep. They then put hay on the top of the car and all around it and covered it in kerosene. They struck the match and they waited. The Jeep immediately burst into flames. Yet, to their shock, they didn't hear screaming or crying or pleading. Instead, they heard singing. You see, Graham and his two boys were singing songs of praise instead of crying or begging to be saved. The Jeep was totally demolished and Graham and his boys ended up passing away in the fire. This is a real photo of the Jeep after it was um, put out. And the other missionaries began to wonder how they were gonna tell Gladys and Esther. Esther, not Esther, my bad. Gladys wrote in her book that the minute she heard the news of what happened to her husband and her sons, she immediately was filled with hate. Hate for what these men had done to her family. A few weeks go by, and she's still filled with that hate. Until her daughter Esther says something to her. And Esther says, how can Jesus forgive us when we can't forgive others? Gladys stood there, and she looked at her daughter. She said, you know what these men did. And Esther said, yes, Mom, I do. That got Gladys thinking. She realized that these men needed Jesus, and they needed forgiveness. She then started traveling around India, telling the story of the faith of her husband and her two sons. The story gets even more amazing. Some original members of that extremist group could not get the sounds of the singing voices out of their head. And they thought about it for a long time. And then they found out that Gladys, well, she was traveling around saying that she forgave, like, forgave them and that her husband and her kids were fine with dying because they had faith in God. They thought about this, and they decided they wanted that. They found Gladys, and they ended up converting to Christianity. And they now travel around India telling their story, the story of how they found God, and they found faith, and because of them, even more lives have changed. You see, in the beginning of my sermon, I asked you guys to imagine being trapped in a dungeon with your only hope of ever escaping, denying God. I know a lot of us probably won't experience a situation like that. But we can still show our faith with everyday activities. It could be praying over your food, even if others think it's weird, or just talking about God, even if others say it's weird. You see, when we stand up for our faith, we show people 
just how much Jesus means to us. We show his love and we show his power. This is why we should always remember that when we stand up for our faith, people's lives are changed. May we all have the courage to stand up for our faith, no matter what.